Welcome to Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, the podcast where nostalgia comes alive. Since July of 2021, Jake and his friends have interviewed professionals in the worlds of acting, directing, writing, puppeteering, and many more. Who will they be chatting with in this week's interview? Find out in this Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, the podcast where nostalgia comes alive. I am one of your co-hosts, Chris Bixby, and with me today is our host, Jake Deffenbaugh, and our other co-host, Matt Bingle. How are you guys? I'm Doing here. Great, Chris. Hi. How are you? I'm here. <laughs> that's, that's always good, and I'm doing good as well. Good. Awesome. Do we get... Well, today we have a uh, singer, songwriter, and musician who is part of the group Ben Rundick and Friends, responsible for songs such as A Frog Named Sam, uh, Sally Salamander, and many more. And we're here to talk about all that. And here he is, Ben Rundick. Ben, how are you? Feeling nostalgic. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Happy to have you here. Happy to have you here. Yes. 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 Well, to start this off, we know who you are, but for those who don't, would you care to introduce yourself a bit? Oh, okay. Well, I've been playing uh, what we call family music for, geez, near 23, 24 years now. Um, I grew up in New York City, Queens, Queens of New York. Um, I live in Arlington, Massachusetts for quite a while. And that's where I started doing this, you know, this music-y thing. Um I released the first album in 2000. Uh, it was named after my daughter, Emily. It became Emily Songs. I thought there'd be like Emily Songs 2 and 3 and 4, but that didn't really make any sense whatsoever once I started. Um, but now we have uh, 12 albums. Um, we've played near a 1,000 shows or more. I sort of lost track at some point. Uh, <laughs> we're still here. We've got some you know, new songs. I'm thinking about putting an EP out. And we we're booked for the summer. So the beat goes on, man. <laughs> awesome. And I'm actually I I'm actually also in Massachusetts. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're I, people. Yes. I'm in Cape Cod currently. It's very cold. Yeah, I'm in, I'm currently in Laguna Beach, California, and it's also very cold. It's been um oh, wow. it's almost New England like and if you wait ten minutes it'll change. <laughs> yeah which it's not supposed to be <laughs> that wasn't how it was advertised right. <laughs> nope so what was your background like and how did you grow up my background uh well i grew up as a kid you <laughs> 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 remember the first i mean i think one of the first uh records i remember were was um you know, was it Scheherazade or something like that? <laughs> you know, it was like some deep, you know, looking at it now, it's probably like Phrygian scale, you know, some like Arabic kind of thing. And we had the 78. Um, my grandfather was a music guy. Uh, he kept trying. Um, he had a, a trumpet and his teeth got bashed in. Then he had an accordion and his shoulder went out. But, he, you know, I remember him being real good at the accordion. And when I wanted a concertina, you know, like uh, Corporal Agarn's gypsy cousin, um, he brought me an accordion, which, <laughs> you know, as you might expect, that's a bit of a shock. But all things being equal, I eventually uh, migrated to the piano and learned to read music, which is phenomenal for everybody. And then I uh, picked up the guitar in high school, and I've been guitaring ever since. Um, i <laughs> playing all the time. I love guitars. They're great. I recommend them. <laughs> Mm, definitely nice. awesome 
So becoming a, a singer and musician yourself, what type of music or bands did you grow up listening to? Ah, uh, right. Um, well, I'll tell you, I, you know, uh, where, where I grew up in Queens, New York, there was a pizza place right next door and they had a juke, jukebox there. Um, oh, okay, cool. So basically I didn't have any money to put in the jukebox, but what, like the first song I ever remember really coming out of that thing was um, Revolution by the Beatles. Oh and, yeah, it's a great song. And, and, yeah. Yes. And, you know, so now you're talking 1968 and I'm, you know, and my head explodes going, what is that? Right. So, you know, one Beatle thing led to the next. Ultimately, that's really how it all, you know, for me, it, that's really where I kicked in. Right. So my first album ever was Sgt. Pepper. Right. That was my first album. You know, the second album was Clapton's Layla. Right. You know, so there was this guitar thread in there somewhere, you know, then the Allman Brothers and the Grateful Dead kicked in and pretty much. I really try and listen to other things. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> and I'm pretty successful at it. You know, I find like, I mean, you know, old things, new things. Just the other day, well, you know, poor David Lindley, may he rest in peace, you know, but I, I tuned into his uh, El Rayo X album. If you guys haven't heard it, I'll tell you, it is one of the happiest things I've heard. And I think it's awesome. But that was so old. So, you know, so some stuff I just miss. Um, I've been forced to listen to a whole bunch of uh, sort of hip hop and rap lately. Which, uh, after an hour or an hour and a half of that it, it it does get to me i admit it you know i don't really like to be screamed or sworn at which is pretty much the baseline for that stuff you know so yeah i try not to do that to the people who listen to my music you know but to yeah. each his own really to each his own it's all good for me yeah definitely i'll have to check that uh song out that you mentioned yeah we'll definitely yeah, check yeah, it out I, of course and, you know, and listening to his this album, El Rey OX, I'm like, oh, geez, you know, I hear some of the stuff that we did and, you know, in it. Um, and of course, he, you know, I never heard it. He went his path. I went mine. So it's it, it, to me, it's always interesting to hear things that, you know, hit me, like hit me enough to like actually do stuff like it and then find that it exists. It makes me very happy. Mm. Mm. Awesome. Very interesting. Very interesting. So. How were you first inspired to get into the music business? Uh, well, you know, uh, I, I do have a computer science degree. I don't know if you guys have degrees in anything, but I have one of that. And, um, you know, I was in computer science for like 10 years working at the big companies. Um, and every day, pretty much, you know, toward the end of that mission, I all I wanted to do was go home and play the guitar. I mean, literally. And then I go home and I play the guitar to late at night and then I'd be exhausted for work. Um, and ultimately um, my, my daughter was born and really one of, one of the parents needed to stay home because it, it got a little hectic with, you know, rushing for takeout, the pickups and all that. Of and course. it made a whole lot of sense for me to stay home. Um, I like to cook. I really don't mind cleaning as long as nobody's watching me. <laughs> I don't need to be viewed while sense, I'm cleaning, yeah. you know what I mean? But I don't mind. I like things clean, you know? So uh, ultimately, my my daughter turned about four, but she turned four, and my wife suggested strongly that I play some some songs at her birthday party for all her pals, you know? So I did, uh, except I wrote, like, three songs. And I played those, and I played a couple other ones that, you know, didn't upset me too much. And, um, and then my musical buddy and I, we went in and actually recorded those songs and a bunch of other songs we had already been playing and figured out and whatnot. And we literally sat across from each other in a recording studio, like 
you know, face to face, which is kind of real. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. the, that's the real deal. You know, and we we played those songs and we went back and re-recorded um, the the vocals on top of that. And then um, the studio guy he laid down harmonies. And then a buddy of mine, I'm not name dropping. He really is a buddy of mine, Jeff Bird. He's a guy. He plays in the Cowboy Junkies, right? So he's like the harmonica wow. mandolin in the Cowboy Junkies. Really nice guy. Great story how I got to him. But anyway. Um, I went up there to Canada to hang out with him and he recorded stuff on my albums, you know, so ultimately I have this album that's that won all these like all the necessary awards, <laughs> you know, that all that all that noise, the parents choice this and the whatever that, you know, it's it, it was so important, I thought at that time. And I, and I guess it was, you know, um, because it gives you credo. And then one right. album led to the next, you know, and then we, um, you know, immediately you know it's like oh let's play shows because that's what i was sort of doing anyway and the first show we played we had well the, the first show we played we played some of this stuff sally salamander i like silver i like you know twist and low that was a big one and and the place lit up i mean we were as surprised as anyone but the place really lit up and the second show was in um, lexington on the town green there in lexington near the statue you probably okay there. yeah we had two thousand people um wow <laughs> i mean and we had to play everything we knew pretty much you know and um well that'll get you playing again that'll make you want to do another yeah make of course you want to do another game. yeah mm -hmm. and we've yeah. played we've played lexington every year since every year since that we've the only ones that oh that's cool back oh, wow. it is cool i mean it's you know it's the center of american revolution you know yeah yep setting up in a place like that is really fun you get everybody coming the, i mean yes we're supposed to play the kids but then we launch into big river by johnny cash you know we launch into <laughs> you know whatever we want to launch into we're literally able to launch into and you know obviously the band has gotten better over the years and i've gotten better over the years and i mean we know a zillion tunes and we and we play to whoever is in front of us right so if there's kids, we we kind of snag them with, you know, whatever song that might interest them. And then we go off and play Big River, you know. But at some point, it's just music. That's our perspective. It really is. You know, we played a few gigs where people, you know, literally have said to me, where do you want us to line up the kids? You know, and then my take is... <laughs> don't line up the kids you know i don't i'm not a babysitter you know i'm playing in a band with my guys and this is what we do and have fun you know if you want to hear something let us know we we're on we got your back you know but so it's it's just it's just a hoot i mean we have fun you know it's like what's not to like you're playing in the band you know yeah yeah of course <laughs> or so so can you talk about kind of like how you know ben rudnick and friends were assembled yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, my buddy, um, my right hand number one buddy is is a guy named John Zevos, right? So I, I graduated from college school, um, got a job in high tech in New Hampshire, Digital Equipment Corporation, which you may have heard of, but anybody, uh, you know, it's it's defunct. It's been absorbed by like HP and Compaq and whatever, you know. Yeah. But I walked into a music store looking for guitar lessons and in Manchester, New Hampshire, and I ran into uh, John Zevo, and they gave me John, right? So I went to my lesson, and in this tiny room was this very large guy, and that was John, that was John. <laughs> and uh, he had this um, backwards poster of Jerry Garcia, which I had had as a kid in my room. Like, literally, it's, it's left-handed Jerry, which, I mean, I really had never seen it anywhere else, and he had it in his little room, 
he also had gone to the same college I went to. You know, then once we started traipsing down over time, we started, you know, we realized that our mothers had brothers that had passed. <laughs> I mean, in, in a bizarre way, you know, it was like we had all these like stuff. So anyway, he's like, a you know, a Greek guy from Manchester. I'm a Jewish kid from New York. And we've been basically playing together ever since we met. I mean, the first thing he suggested was, you know, um, let's do a duo. So we did that. And we were stone, stone dove for a little while when we played duo shows, you know, and then we had a bluegrass band. And then ultimately, when I as soon as I start on anything, I call John, you know, and he's there with me to this day, um, the bass player and was the guy who had the recording studio. So he ended up he can harmonize anything. He could play bass. He he played bass and harmonies on that first album. And then we needed a drummer. So John had gone, got his music degree up at UNH so he knew a drummer and that was the core band um for about seven years and then we had uh, a friend of my wife's uh and mine who was a brilliant piano player he and he ended up coming in to um just lay down some uh, tracks on one of the albums fun and games and the whole organ piano thing didn't work but he said I have my accordion in the car which goes whole, right back to the whole accordion thing and he ended up playing with us, you know, I think from 2002 to 2009, he was with us. So, so it was only two years without him, really. And he he could play one note and he was hysterical. So we were literally this five piece band that could do anything with a mandolin, a guitar, an accordion, drums and bass. And we had sky high vocals and, you know, people, parents would thank us. People would follow us yeah. around. I mean, it really doesn't get any cooler than that. And we were doing exactly yeah. what we wanted. There was nothing we didn't, we were doing that we didn't want to do. And the shows got bigger and bigger, you know, um, ultimately uh, we, we now have, or have had John's son, Chris on bass. And, and Chris is like, he's lined up for his, his master's, uh, his PhD. I'm sorry. If he finishes his thesis, um, you know, our drummer started having kids. So now we haven't, you know, it's, it's, it's changed a little bit, but the core of John and myself, we're still the core of it. You know, if we go out as a duo, we go out as John and I, you know, and we did that quite a bit through the years, just, you know, oh, that's, nice. here and there. Uh -huh. that's, that's really nice. Wonderful. It's yes. pretty cool. It's, it's music the way you want it to be when you want it to be that way. I mean, you know, you're in the oh, yeah. summer and it's 90 something degrees and you got to set up your gear. Is that fun? <laughs> yeah. well, maybe. <laughs> you doing it five nights a week? Maybe. You know, well, at some point you do have your guitar in your hand and you are playing stuff and everything's just exactly perfect or getting close and, and, you know, and all the heat goes away, you know, and all of a sudden time drops you know, and it, it's just fun. That's why people do this stuff. You know, that's why they can get away with paying us so little because we love doing it so much, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So do you have any favorite albums or songs you've done as Ben Rudnick and <laughs> Friends? You know, um, well, yes and no. I mean, I don't, you guys don't have kids, I bet. So, but they're like, as far as I can tell, they're like kids, right? Each kid is special in their own way. They really are. You're going to love them, you know, but they, they give, and you got to meet your kid where they are. Right. Uh, Cause you can't demand that your kid do something. I know my parents couldn't demand that I do any, you know, something they can ask. And if they ask politely, you know, odds are pretty good, but, um, but the albums are sort of like that. At some point they take you down the path and, and I will listen to them every now and then. And it just, 
really amazes me like a how much stuff we we have done and how much work each album is i mean do you guys i don't know if you make music but every every decision that you have to make in an album and then then you've made all those decisions and then you have to mix it and then you have to i mean it's and then you have to listen to you in your car and your, your phone and i mean everywhere you know, it's, it's work you know um but it's fun work um, so when I go back and listen, I am amazed at how like um, you take an album like Grace's Bell is one of our albums. It was not a popular album, but I mean, it it holds up over time for me. Um, and I listen to it and I'm just amazed with the with the broad scope of stuff in it and, and how it's like a whole. Right. So that's the neat thing I think about great albums like Sgt. Pepper, you know, or Layla, that whole album. Yeah. Or, you know, songs from the wood by Jethro Tull. I mean, they have a they 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 suck you in, and now you're living in that world. Uh, our albums have that quality, right? So, I mean, I, I believe that. And then parents tell me, I mean, I, I met parents in on Cape Cod and Kennebunkport. I met them. I meet them everywhere, and they're like, "Thank you." You know, we were able to listen to you know Blast Off endlessly, and we don't mind. We like it. I've met parents who tell me they put on the albums when the kids aren't in the car and that's a wonderful compliment, you know, but in, but to my ear, it's the same thing. I mean, actually I ran out of Grace's bill albums and I had to buy a couple on the internet. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> when I finally got it, I'm like, all right, well, let's put it on and listen to it, you know? And I'm yeah. just, it's like, yeah. yeah, this is, this is awesome. You know, and they all have certain guests and they all have certain vibes and they, and from album to album, but I'll tell you, so, but I'll tell you, we, we've played 19 or 18 Christmas shows. And at some point we did a holiday CD. Uh, it's called um, uh, Here Comes Santa Claus. So I wrote one Christmas song and I recorded a bunch of others and John sang some and Arnie sang one, whatever, instrumentals. And every year when we, the Christmas show was coming, we actually had to learn the songs again. And every year that album just hits me as like, what a great album this is. I mean, it's really fun, you know, and then the, you get to do the holiday show and it's a special thing, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't have any favorites, but every now and then something's something really hits me as cool, you know? Yeah. One of my favorite songs is probably a frog named Sam. Yes. That's a great one. I know. And you know what? And we, re, you know, obviously there's a lot of work that went into it. I mean, that's an art piece, right? I mean, we have put, oh, yeah. we, we used to play it live all the time. Then the band sort of, you know, changed and, it, and, it, and you really have to be practicing that song, right? Well, you, you have to know it. And mm -hmm. so when it actually was like in the top something on Sirius, they had their top 13 or some crazy thing. We were actually wow. going to a gig in like Philadelphia somewhere and we heard it on the radio, you know, and it was. Oh, it was really wow. Uh, that song was played in um you know it's like on arabic air or emirates airlines you know because you get the bmi thing you know you get the printout of where the song is played and who's paying you nine cents and whatnot you know and uh it's really gone around the world right um and we used to play it everywhere we went but it's 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 a, it's set in time right i mean it's we do it live and it's and it changes and it has the vibe and everybody's boom booming but that recording was I mean, geez, what a piece of art that thing is, right? All the stuff coming in and out and the harmonies and the the accordion, right? The accordion is the is the, you know, the little Arabic y thing going in there, you know, um, the Middle Eastern melody is he just started doing that. Yeah. So I agree. That's a great tune. It's a great recording. The whole album is great, you know. Yeah, that that's a great one. I'm kind of curious. How did that song come about? Ah, uh, good question. 
okay and then there's a and there's a reason why it came about right so um i used to ride my bike a lot like a lot you know and that was my thing and you know you, and then when you're on the, on the bike you know you, you hear melodies and you, you got to get home so you can i mean there's a slew of songs like that um and sam was one of those and um i don't know if you got you guys hit to mark knopfler at all you follow knopfler um dire straits oh that's dire, another dire straits i've heard of yeah, Dire Straits, right? So when they when they got so big, they couldn't go anywhere anymore. You know, um, Knopfler kept on going with his own stuff. So he has an album called um, Kill to Get Crimson. Um, and there's a song on Kill to Get Crimson called Punish the Monkey. I know this is seriously derivative, but you asked. So uh, anyway, I was thinking, you know, the monkey. Um, I was thinking, well, what can I use? Um, and it's it ultimately it turned into a frog, which turned into Sam, which turned into... I had this little four track recording thing. It was like this um, and you could plug into it and create a, a beat pattern. So I actually recorded the song on this little thing, which is not something I did a lot, but I needed to because it called to me. <laughs> so like record me. Um, so I did. And and that's really where the song comes. So if you listen to Punish the Monkey, you won't hear a frog named Sam. That's all I'm saying. But I did. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> it's a superpower, you know. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So what was it like getting to record the music videos for your songs? Well, to me, I mean, it's magic. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. you get to you get to do what you hear in your head or think you hear in your head. And then you get these brilliant people to like, you know, help you execute that, you know, take follow down that path. I mean, um, it's just great. I mean, we, we, we did it multiple ways, right? We, we used to do it like like the first time John and I just sat down and we recorded everything, like everything. We just sat down. We did it over a couple of days. Um, you know, the second time we did it, we didn't do that. We did it more, um, you know, lay the layered approach, you know, even uh, we played as much together as we could, you know, and that's, so these guys are coming in, they're hearing, I mean, there's so much to my mind, varied and original stuff on the, on the recordings. I mean, we had to make it up, right. That's the whole point. You get to make stuff up and, and then see it come to fruition. So there's a lot of choices. There's a lot of words, you know, <laughs> but, but my, ultimately, you know, I would do all my stuff and that's fun, right? So I get to be a rock star sometimes. Like, I don't know if you're hip to the love is a superpower thing, but you know, the guitar solo in there was a stretch, you know, at that time, you know, and I just, I had to figure it out. I went in, I recorded it like twice and I thought I hit it, but then I had to record it like another hundred times because my, my engineer was trying to yank this like something special out of me, but I had already done it like the first time, right? So, so, so it's a process. Um, but one of my happy, my happy days are when I've done all my vocals, the most of the basic tracks are there, and then somebody comes in to do harmonies. So I always called it harmony day, you know, because I get to hear it's like the harmonies, like just, it's like a flower growing and, um, and, you know, and figuring all that out on the fly is just a really neat thing. I mean, a couple of other things that we got to do is, um, I had some really cool guests, you know, oh, starting wow. on the first album with Jeff, Jeff Bird from the Junkies. On the second album, uh, I got Margot Timmons from the Cowboy Junkies to sing a song that I had written, you know. Oh, wow, that's before. cool. It's really cool. So the last song on Fun and Games, Margot Timmons is singing. And I went up there for that second album as well. And uh, me and Jeff went to the, we were supposed to go to Margot's, um, you know, re summer or winter, you know, outside of Toronto place. 
but um, it snowed too much and we couldn't get in there. So we met her in Toronto. She sang the song through in one take, like Margot, wow. you know, and she's just phenomenal, you know. And um, we also had on Grace's Bell, we had a guy named Buddy Cage play pedal steel. Now, Buddy Cage was on Bill, uh, Dylan's um, album. Um, oh, geez. Classic blood on the tracks. I mean, this is Buddy Cage. Like he he took Garcia's pedal steel literally and played in the New Riders of the Purple Sage for the rest of his life, you know. And I sent him a couple songs down in New York, and he, you know, I mean, so it's exciting, right? I take these VH, VHS tapes, I send them down there, they send them back. Buddy's all over it, and then when we had the tenth anniversary show, he comes. Oh, <laughs> He's uh, on stage with us, oh, you know. Oh so there's God. like. A, I know. So on stage is Buddy Cage from Canada, Jeff Bird from Canada, another woman named Sue Smith, who was a good friend of mine. She's a she's a star in her own right, you know. And we have this like 10 people on stage for the 10th with a horn section. I mean, it's so much fun, right? Who else do we have? We had um there's a guy named Kenny Kosek. If you guys are hip to the Garcia band in uh 87. Garcia played acoustic, so uh, the acoustic, uh, Jerry Garcia acoustic band. There's a great album. Okay. And uh, Kenny Kosek was the fiddle player. Mm-hmm. So I needed a fiddle player. So I literally emailed Kenny Kosek because who else you're going to have play fiddle? He emailed me back in 10 minutes. Me and my engineer, Andy, we went down there to Manhattan up his fourth floor um, walk up. And we and we recorded Kenny Kosak, who could not have been a nicer man. You know, he was so interested and engaged and, you know, so so that's all a, to me. That's a major compliment that these guys care enough. And then when we go down and play in Manhattan, I call Kenny. I'm like, hey, man, you want to come play? And Kenny, so there's on the there's somewhere out there. There's a video of of us playing Twisting Low with Kenny Kosak. And he's wow. doing this um, pizzicato stuff. And I mean, me and John, you know, we just look at each other like we couldn't have been happier, you know, that we were on stage with Kenny Kosek and he's doing something that we never suggested he do. I had just sent him the music and he was paying attention, you know. So those are the moments that just like, I don't know, I, I guess you can tell it's kind of cool, but yeah, but you have to go through, you have to go through to get to it, right? You got to do all the albums, you got to do all That's the right. you gotta, you yeah. gotta you got you, know, you got to want to is really what I'm saying. Um, Twelve albums and all the videos and a, you know thousand shows and other little bands. You have to really want to, um, <laughs> and not mind the noise that comes along with it. You know, definitely. Or yeah. Let it go, one or the other. You know. Yeah. 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 So now on the subject of a, a frog named Sam, there's also a, a like a its own like musical version. Can you, can you uh, talk about oh, yeah. how that kind of came about? Yeah, well, I was reading uh, Pete Townsend's book, right? And in Pete okay. Townsend's mind, right, everything is like more than what it is, right? So, you know, uh, Tommy wasn't just the thing. It was a movie. You know, then it was a play, you know, and then Quadrophenia came along and it wasn't just, you know, I mean, he sees a whole production. So I saw the Who, you know, when they finally got back together, do Quadrophenia, you know, and then there's you know, it just goes on and on for Townsend. Um, so I'm thinking, well, why not me? You know, <laughs> so I I, uh, I I talked to my friend Sue and, um, you know, up in Canada with Jeff and um, she recommended a playwright friend of theirs who was actually in Australia and she wrote the play. Um, so, and she said, oh, well, I'm going to need a couple songs, you know, for this. So I wrote the songs 
there's a couple of or two or three new songs on that soundtrack album um, specifically for the pieces that she needed. And that's so I have a music book, you know, you can turn the pages um, that a friend did. Um, you, I have a play. I got to see it performed before COVID hit um, by a local local children's theater. And I'll tell you, there were kids from, excuse me, kindergarten through seventh, seventh grade. And um, and it was just phenomenal. I mean, the songs held up. The story was fun. The kids were adorable. They didn't have much money to put on the production. But I mean, it, it really it held up, you know, which and the music held up. You know, and then as I'm playing out that summer, you know, these kids would just run up to me and hug me, you know, because I was Ben and they were in the play. And they'll, do you remember me? And like, yeah, I remember you. Uh -huh. So, yeah, there's this play out there that people can do. And, and you know, that's another bit of, of work, getting people to do it. <laughs> right? You know, so I was all over it for a while and it worked out. But, um, you know, I don't really like spending as much time on the phone now as I used to. So. Uh, if you know anybody that wants to do a play, please have at it. You know, <laughs> it's good. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So another one of your songs, Sally Salamander, was turned into a story. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah. Have you seen through, have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. Those, those images are fantastic, right? I mean. Oh, yeah. Yes. So the, they, are, they, the artwork's brilliant. I think it's, it's really brilliant. Nice. It's really good. You know, I look at it and again, that's one of those things where somebody took the time to like bring something I've done to life or lifer, more lifer, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there was a, they used to have these like, uh, well, before I started, when I started, you know, there was the Raffi thing and there was, um, I mean, there's a couple of these, you know, kid things, you know, um, but I, I really took the cue from Grisman and Garcia, right? John and I always felt like we kept going where they they stopped, you know, for the kids, the not for kids only thing. And I actually had one of those. Um, the the cover of that album was a was a painting by Jerry. Um, oh, wow. And I actually, there were five hundred of them, and I had one in the house burned down. So that oh. <laughs> bummer. Um, oh. But um, yeah, but um, so the question. Uh, <laughs> oh, Sally Sally, right. So I was at one of these conferences and they had him in Brooklyn and they used to call him uh, Stink Fest. <laughs> <laughs> I could not believe that they called it this. Anyway, I went to the first couple and then they changed it to, to Kindycom or some crazy thing like that. And uh, and while I was at the second one, I met these guys, these wonderful hysterical brothers from New York City somewhere, and they had this vision to like take songs and do the images and illustrations, and then you can go through, and then in the app, like they had an app for your iPhone or iPad, you could play drums along, or you could play keyboards along. So the oh, song, wow. the song actually had to have no minor chords because their software couldn't handle minor chords. Hmm. So I actually, we re-recorded Sally Salamander for that to, to take out the one minor chord that was in the song. And um, we, and, which was fun, right? Cause we got to redo it. And then they came up with the images and um, their business didn't really take off, um, but they let me use the images. They, they sent me all the images and they're just beautiful, you know? Um, so really are. That's the story with that. The other images that I thought were really good was um, the Love is a Superpower video. I mean, that guy, yeah. I, I, you know, he had done a lot of um, videos for another uh, family, really more geared towards little kids. 
And um, so I, I sought him out and he was in England and I told him I really more had of a, a, a Peter Max vision, you know, than, like a, the Beatles kind of Peter Maxy thing than, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff he had done for other folks. And, uh, and he, he went with it. And, and so some of those stills, you know, like the heart, like flying at you through space, um this is really cool stuff i mean the only thing i really don't like in that whole video is he for some reason he felt the need to draw me <laughs> why would he need to draw me <laughs> i told him don't, don't do that but he's at some point everybody's an artist and you gotta let them go where they want you know it's, it's right, like when yeah. people come in to play you know stuff over your music you mm-hmm. kind of a lot of if you've chosen them they're going to have something to say you know and you gotta let them say it you know, yeah, so you gotta like, let them show their creativity. Exactly, you know, and that's that's part of the album thing, managing that, letting people be who they are, you know, and then you know some guidance, of course. But and here's what I'm looking for. But right, you know, yeah. But but and that's where there's so much magic there, you know. It's so much magic to see people, really bright, smart, intelligent, talented people, come up with stuff. I mean, I love it, you know. Oh. It's, it's the whole oh. the the whole is definitely greater than some of my parts, you know, without question. Right. It's fun. Yeah. It's a band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So now moving on to the touring aspect, do you have any favorite touring locations? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Lexington. I mean, geez. Um we yeah, I mean this that's part of the neat thing about what we do, right? Is we're not playing, you know, these like horrible bars where well, of course, you can't smoke anymore, but you used to be able to. And, you know, when we played in bars for whatever, you come out of there, you stink like cigarettes. Your guitar stinks like cigarettes. Your gear smells like The car smells like, I mean, we don't ever really do that. You know, we're, we're in town greens. I mean, beautiful locations, um, you know, all around New England. It's like, like the, New England, the New England summer concert thing where we, we play so many shows. I mean, that's, that's literally a New England thing. You know, it really doesn't exist as much elsewhere, you know, so we've gotten to do that. So favorite places, I mean, we've, oh, geez, the Hat Shell in Boston. We played the Hat Shell 10 times. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, you wanted to talk cool being on the Hat Shell? And, and at some point, you know, that like whoever was introducing us, he referred to us as family. I mean... <laughs> That to me is like a good day, right? I mean, being called family. Now, okay, so the family of the orchestra on the 4th of July, I'm sure they clean the, um, you know, the pollen. For our side of the family, they don't really clean the pollen, but it doesn't matter, you know? It's like, yeah, we're family, it's okay, you know? So, um, but that's a great space, you know? We've got to go, I, when, after Sam came out, I got I got us to Colorado. We, we got to play in Breckenridge, you know, we got to play at, at um, a theater in um, Loveland, Colorado, which was just, I mean, A, you're in Colorado, and B, the theaters are beautiful, you know. So we got to play, a, we got asked to do a, a Jewish center um, up in, in Michigan. So we all get on the plane, you know, the the rider said we like M&Ms and, and coffee, <laughs> So we had some coffee, you know, but this place, it was like, it was literally the parting of the Red Sea in these teeny tiny tiles. And we were in the middle of it and they had these giant stacks of speech speakers on either side. That was kind of fun. And we played Havana Gila. I mean, and the rabbi sang with us, you know, so that was, I don't know, I've got a million of them. I mean, I could go on and on, but you know, they all, they all take on their specialty when you are there. Right. And when the guys show up. I mean, it used to be when the guys, the guy, when we first started, the guys would come to my house. We'd always, they all kind of land at my house. 
and it, and it sort of felt like you know remember in the hobbit when all the dwarves came to bilbo's house yeah that's what it felt like every time you know it's like oh okay we're going on an adventure and you know without being like hokey but it, but that was it we had this little thing and we'd set up someplace cool and we'd play our do our little thing come to town maybe our name was on you know a banner or something so yeah kind of each one is good awesome awesome so um so do you have any fun or interesting stories from performing on the road okay <laughs> well yeah <laughs> i got some uh i'll tell you one of the first places we went was albany new york which isn't exactly what you'd call you know a mecca but it is a capital and there's stuff there anyway there was a woman there whose name was rochelle rudnick which is my sister's name okay and uh anyway she saw my name and decided she needed to have us come you know to you know, to be there for her kids school so i'm like sure you know so we, we go out there and uh and we we had to stay because it's far enough away from boston that we had to stay and we stayed in this really chintzy hotel you know i mean it's like what we could afford kind of thing and in the, but we were so happy we were so happy we were on the road we were touring and in the morning we opened up the 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 blinds you know and there's like we're looking at the trash dump and you know the dumpsters and we could not have been happier you know we just we thought it was the best thing since sliced bread you know so i mean that's the level of some stuff um other things when we were in colorado we played a bunch of shows at the beginning of the week and then the band left and then um and then john john and i stayed to do duo shows at the end of the week so we got to go through you know the national park both ways we got to go through and then we stayed at the hotel based on that the shining was based on oh we, wow we oh at that hotel and then we drove back through the park in the other direction you know um to get to, back to colorado springs um we met we met the um oh gosh the uh they, they were the ones that sang um aiko 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 all day oh who are they the um uh i forget their names but we met them um the buttercups isn't it that what it is Isn't oh it? yeah i think so yeah, yeah i think so uh, maybe not the buttercups so. something cup, the maybe dixie something. the dixie cups or something like that. anyway yeah. but their, their pictures on the um their pictures on the website on the photo page we met them at a rest area in new jersey and we got this and we figured out who they are pretty quick because they all had the t-shirts and stuff and we got photos with them you know another time we were playing do you remember i don't know if you remember any of the life is good festivals in um in mass in on the the green there in i Boston. think so yeah yeah well we used to play them all the time a couple times a year you know and one oh, that's time, cool. wow it was cool one time and you know and they paid you good money it was plus they had gear right you didn't have to like bring your own gear it was fun and we were there on a pumpkin fest they used to have these pumpkin fests right so we're playing and uh the mayor menino do you remember mayor menino he he was he was the mayor for like 20 some years in boston he was supposed to come on before us and uh and but there was a bomb scare <laughs> so oh. right so they're like okay well you guys go on and we're like okay there's a bomb scare but it's okay for us to go on not menino so <laughs> anyway we go we go on and play a bunch of songs and then at some point this pumpkin literally blows up like this you know pumpkin into the eye it was a pumpkin bomb i mean it was <laughs> i don't know what it was but it didn't do any real destruction other than to the pumpkin right so so then we're standing on stage and here comes may menino you know so now he's using my microphone right so so again on the website there's a picture of me and may menino you know i'm beaming like the cat you know with like my 
orange turtleneck because it's you know it's it's hollow it's Halloween it's a pumpkin fest and there's May Menino doing his May Menino thing you know <laughs> I don't you know there's just like it just stuff just rolls and rolls and rolls it's really fun and you never really know what to expect you know which is which yeah. is kind of fun so mm -hmm. more 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 to come you know we're not we're not done by any stretch <laughs> definitely yeah. and, 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 and yes yeah, you're actually right uh, um you you um the guys met the Dixie Cups. Dixie, Dixie Cups. Cups. Well, it was yeah. the Dixie Cups. Yeah. Nice. There you go. Yeah. I checked the website. So, so there you yeah. go. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. 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 I know. Thanks. People think I make this stuff up, you know, but I, I don't, <laughs> I guess my job is to make stuff up. Right. But I don't need to really make up anything because everything is so bananas. I mean, it's so right. like, I just turn around and some wild thing is happening, you know, I was like, oh gosh, okay. That's normal. You know, so yeah it's just basically it's a matter of maintaining the middle and breathing <laughs> yeah yeah definitely mm -hmm. so this ought to be interesting what are some of your fondest and most favorite fan reactions you've received over the years i'll tell you man um we were playing in um in um andover mass right in andover mass we were able to play like every other year right because that's just how their series runs. And they have this awesome gazebo that's like 13 feet high, you know, and you nobody plays in the gazebo. You have to play below it. And it's this, you know, 180 degree town green in front of the town hall. And all these New England towns are just fantastic, right? And at mm -hmm. the time, on Grace's Bell, we recorded um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow and What a Wonderful World. I mean, literally, like, oh. you know, like oh. we had a nice reggae tinge to it, you know, I kind of jerried it up at the end i mean it had our imprint on it but it was definitely i thought a good idea because i loved the version we would get to play it maybe it would help us get a little bit more known but we used to we used to play it all the time you know and as we were playing it you know on the sun's going down everything's perfect the band sounds great it's not blisteringly hot and this couple gets up and starts waltzing to it you know and um again john and i look at each other and we're like this is just this is it this is the whole point you know they're not kids it doesn't matter if they were kids it doesn't matter if they're old folks but they're people and they're just right in front of us and we're here now we know the next chord you know i mean that's ultimately what it comes down to um you know we've had times where we played on in cape cod there's a theater down there um oh gosh i'd have to remember where it was but um it, it was indoors it's an indoor theater and we played there and the place was packed i mean it was like a it was a like a holiday like a vacation week show and uh, i had just seen amadeus you know did you oh, okay and this is one scene where he's there playing and the whole place is just like i mean they're high on whatever they're high on but this place <laughs> was just like that i mean it was the whole place was just like people i mean nobody was falling off balconies and stuff but it felt like it could happen you know um and, you know, we're just standing there like, oh, my God, who can believe this? You know, um, another time, here's one. Here's a good one. John and I got asked to play a um, a school in Dorchester or what? In, no, not Dorchester, Roxbury. Mm. Right. So Roxbury, it's just John and I as a duo. And um, we, we get there and this is the oldest school in America. Right. This is the first public school in America, literally, you know, and um, and, you know, the, we we drive down there and the principal meets us on the on the sidewalk and and she and she says look you know 80 percent of these kids are you know have like um trauma because they've seen trauma right this is the mm -hmm. deal they you know people are getting hurt around them and they 80 percent of them have 
post-traumatic stress. And I'm like, and this is, you know, this is before, this is before, you know, COVID <laughs> uh, clearly, you know, it's probably in the O's, somewhere in the O's. And John and I set up and it was the school, the school cafeteria was the old auditorium, right? So we, I mean, you've probably seen these auditoriums, you know, they're, they're kind of cool, they're wood, but so many schools ha had to turn them into cafeterias, right? So this was, this was that. And the place, and the reason we were there was because they, uh, somebody, Apple had donated computers, like a computer lab, and they were opening the, they were, you know, opening the computer lab, and they had us as part of the celebrations. So we start playing, and literally, and and also none of these kids had really ever seen live music. That was another thing that she had told us. So we start playing, and instantly it was like the Beatles. We felt like the Beatles at the Hollywood Bowl. You know, anything wow. we did, these kids would just scream at the top of their lungs, you know, and they didn't really know us. You know, I mean, I don't know if we were their kind of music, but it was just the situation. And I'll tell you, that was um, that's eye opening, you know, and then literally we were 18 minutes from Arlington, where I where I live in Massachusetts. You know, by you know, by the time we left there at 1030 or 11 o'clock, there was no traffic and we were home within 20 minutes. So, so the world that those kids lived in and 20 minutes away where I live, I'll tell you, that was, <laughs> that informed a lot of what we did after that, right? Because, I mean, you, you know that exists, but you don't know that exists until you, you actually go in and see it, you know? Um, so that's really helped us out. I think, I think that answers the question. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 So, mm -hmm. so over the years, you've won a total of seven Parents Choice Awards for your work making family music. How does it feel to you that the music you and your band have made have uh, become so successful? Oh well, it's nothing but. Um, well, of course, we were going for world domination, so we <laughs> we, we fell a little short. Um, but I don't know. It's it's the biggest compliment you can imagine that somebody's listening to your music. I mean, it really is. I mean, I mean, it, for a long time there, I got to put out music and it was, you know, reviewed, listened to, played. They'd send me, you know, they send me money because they were playing the music, which is really helpful for the next album. Right. I mean, it, it's sort of this like kind of cycle thing. Um, oh, no, it's a, it's a great compliment, you know, and then I mean, it's like I always looked at it as like the game of chess. Right. You, you release an album. You do everything you can with it, you know, and then hopefully it, it enables you to do the next album, you know, so we would do the next album and people would be excited. I mean, how, how cool is that? So just to know, I mean, you guys, I don't, I mean, I don't know if you all came on board with Sam or where you got my name from, but I mean, it's a huge compliment, honestly. I mean, thank you. Uh, but that's how we feel all the time. Right. So um, yeah, it's great. And I get to, I mean, I get to put my little influence on people, you know, I mean, I, and I'm, I mean, I don't know if you, you guys are hip to like the, I got a new friend thing, you know, um, so that on blast off, there was blast off. And then I got a new friend, you know, and I got a new friend basically from my daughter, Emily, you know, cause she kept telling me about, you know, anytime we went to a park, there was a potential new friend, you know, literally, there was, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, it could be this, it could be that it could be an alien who knows, you know, and that, I mean, so <laughs> So I got to do that, you know, and then then like and you were asking about Sally Salamander, right? You know, so at some point we did Sally Salamander and that's to John and I, um, that's 
that's like the quintessential br ben Rennick and friends too right it's just i mean it's got a perfect guitar lick that goes throughout the song mm, john yes. john plays the chop you know so it's pseudo bluegrass but not really you know it's sort of semi reggae bluegrass you know that's like where the r filter comes into play and you can't make that up you just have that just has to be in you you know it's a great story you know it's got a neat chord progression you know so that came along but then then the next album came along i was like well let me write the next song right so that's when i wrote the you know i i had the vision for the juicy black fly right so those two songs literally you can play them right next to each other it's the same key it's the same chord progression to end sally and start the juicy black fly so i get to like do that you know <laughs> and influence kids i mean uh, other stuff like um I mean, I try and influence, you know, a gen it's more of a suggestion than than a hardcore. I mean, so much of the music that surrounds what I do, it seems like it's a little heavy handed, you know, to me. And that's why I don't write music like those songs. Right. But I, right. I get to write like drink it up, you know, drink it up and take it with you is another one I wrote for Emily. Right. You know, basically, it's not a kid's song, but it is a kid's song. Kids mm -hmm. would ask us to play this you know um and there's just so many like that where there's a subtle message that if you're listening enough over time it sort of sinks in it, it gives you empowerment you know i mean that was a big part of what i was trying to do is like let kids know that you know things are cool you're okay keep going you know um but there's a song on fun and games one of my favorites is um sun showers you know that's sort of like a deep cut um but basically it's like yeah things aren't going so okay but it's just sun showers it's a passing storm right i mean you'll be okay um that was really important to me um and it still is i mean the songs for the next set you know there's like uh, you know i've got like four or five songs you know one of them's like new world in sight right it's that's what it's called i have a video for it. it's on the videos but it's not on any album it's a single you know new world in sight is just like look we can get together and make changes because of you know you guys have seen what's going on i've seen what's going on and uh i'd rather have you know kids know that they can come together and help each other instead of being on opposite sides of any fence right? right that's a big message that seems like a lot of grown-ups don't get you know so if i can you know sort of you know infiltrate a kid's mind with this gentle kind helpful message i'm on board you know if that's what they put on my gravestone all the better you know yeah <laughs> so or shine upon that's another song that we have there a video for but it's not on an album you know, I didn't write that one, but the guy who did write it is really grateful that I recorded it because it's a whole lot different than his version, you know, and that says, you know, look, everybody's welcome here, period, you know, um, and that's not really a message that people get all the time. So yeah, if I can do that, it's true. Awesome. You mm -hmm. know, definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah. So do you have any memorabilia or anything from your music work that you'd like to show or talk about you know i don't because i'm in laguna beach california right now and i live in arlington massachusetts um so i don't uh i'll, I'll show you my dog um, that's fine that's fine can you see lucy if, if, if you like mm -hmm. blur your back oh yeah Thank you. Um, i would have to figure out how to do that but um oh, I, the next song is called hanging with lucy um, we drove across the country 
um, twice, three times now. Mm -hmm. And um, Lucy the thing. Here's Lucy. Let's see. So let's see if you can. Oh. Anyway. Aww. Yeah. So we're, we're going to drive back across the country. So one, like the song I just finished up, uh, geez, last week, it's called Hanging with Lucy. I get to be a rock star. Um, I get rock star people playing with me. Um, uh -huh. That's awesome. I got to figure out how to, I, there's, there'll be a little video. Lucy has a, 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 a Instagram page. Hanging with Lucy. Aww. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's so no, I don't really have any. I mean, I have a ton of stuff at home. You know, there's one kid wrote the Ben book. You know, so I have this book of Ben, which is just like okay. You know? Oh, that's interesting. Wow. People, wow. people send you stuff, you know, and it's like, yeah, I, I can't get rid of it. You know, I, mean, like, I, I, I can't get rid of it. I have to keep, I have to keep it. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, you know, the stickers that we have, like, you know, through time, we've had like these little round. I love giving away stickers to kids because I love stickers. I love stickers as a kid. I love stickers now. So I got my artist Bob to make up stickers and I give them, we just give them away at shows, you know, just give them away. And has the, at some point I had the great idea of putting the website on it, right? Because websites, you know. Um, so those stickers has evolved through times, different colors, different characters, different this, different that. Now we have, um, I think the best sticker yet is probably on the website on some of the show pages. Um, no, actually, I think Bob put it on as one of the big splash screens on the new on the front page. It's on um, Trip, you know, from the from the play, our alien buddy Trip from Blastoff. You know, and seeing as he sort of or she took on a persona in the 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 play, I got the sticker of Trip. You know, so I give those away every chance I get. And I had really wish I brought a whole bunch here to California because everywhere I go, there's like walls of stickers. You know. And I've got a sticker too, you know. Why not my sticker? So definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Awesome. So what so overall, what do you enjoy most about your work in music this week? It's just playing with the guys. You know, is when when we're ready to kick into the show and you know, maybe it's you know gotten along enough and we're we're loose and you know everything feels just exactly perfect we never quite know what we're going to do or where we're going to go. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And if we like, there was, there was times where we, we went down to play at Sirius XM. Right. So they invited us to go down there and we went down and played and we played everything super fast. Cause we were kind of super pumped up and, and, mm -hmm. and <laughs> we didn't take a breath, um, but it worked out. And, um, but we were, and then we had gigs around, around that show. And the four of us were in a van for like two or three days straight. Right. Just like, compact in this van you know listening to the grateful dead 24 7 because that's what john and i wanted to do and uh, we had a gig on and we got back on saturday night and we had a show on sunday morning um in up in um ipswich at appleton Farms. Oh, okay and it's beautiful up there i mean it's september you know and it's just like it's just magic it really is like outdoors perfect crisp september morning kind of thing and uh, we had been playing so much and we had been so packed into this van, we were free. We just exploded. <laughs> just like the explosion of like, you know, music, you know, and we don't know what we're doing, but we can't wait to do it kind of thing. Um, you can't really beat that, you know. Right. You just can't. Um, right. Um, you guys play in bands? I mean... I know I have friends who mm -hmm. I I have a fr I have a good friend of mine who is in a band. Mm -hmm. I know who you're talking about. 
Yeah. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. See, the thing is, um, it really helps to get paid. It keeps everything going. Um, you, you can't, at some point, you can't keep doing it anyway, unless there's just enough money for the machine. You know, I mean, I got to pay my guys. In my head, I got to pay my guys, you know. Um, but when, once all that's taken care of, really, you know, it's just, it's just you get to play music with your buddies, you know. And 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 once you're in a band for, I don't know, 10 minutes, you realize how special the Beatles were, right? Yeah. That they were able mm-hmm. to stay together for so long under so much, you know, intense scrutiny uh, and the, and drugs and the genius that they came up with like time after time, you know? Um, and then you see them on that Apple, spe- you know, on that special that Peter Jackson did and you're like, what fun those guys were having for like 35 minutes or whatever it was. It was freezing you know, they were scared or some of them were scared, you know, I mean, and yet once they started, you can see how much fun it was. Right. And, you know, as long as you can keep it going to get into that space, then it's worthwhile to keep going. Definitely. Definitely. So now I'm kind of, so we've talked a lot about your work in the past, but I'm kind of curious what you're, uh, what you and the band are working on now. Well, now, um, well, I'll tell you, at some point along the way, I took a I took a workshop with a guy named Yorma Kalkinen. You guys know who Yorma Kalkinen is? Um, you ever hear of the Jefferson Airplane? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a white rabbit and mm-hmm. all that. Um, and then, anyway, Yorma and his bass player, Jack Cassidy, left the airplane. They started a band called Hot Tuna, um, oh. which is like a finger-picking blues band. And at some point, I went and took some uh, workshops with Yorma and... Um, we started a band called Don't Tell Jack, who's Norma's bass player, Jack Cassidy. Um, and I told Jack and Jack hugged me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we did that for a while, for like four or five years. And that's a lot of work. That's like a whole nother style of music. Um, so we played along that, that path for a while. And I really have never stopped doing that because once you start doing it, it's a little bit of a, a thing. Um, but being here in California, one of the guys I met at that workshop he has a studio here. So we recorded, you know, the song hanging with Lucy. Um, and that's enough songs to do an EP. So I'll probably do an EP. I literally have been booking shows for the last couple of days. You can look at the show calendar on the, on the, um, on the website there, benrudnick.com. And we've got shows coming up. We've, we'll have more shows than that coming up. You know, I'll, hopefully put out this EP with some cool artwork and, you know, talk to my publicist and do another round of, you know, people remembering who I am or getting hip to who I am. I mean, the thing with our, our music is, you know, literally it's like if you guys were kids and you came and see me, I think that's awesome. You know, but at some point the kids get older, the families stop coming to see us. And now there's like a whole nother batch of kids, you know? So the Rolling Stones have all the same people, you know, the who have all the same people and it's cumulative for us. It's like this constant ongoing thing of like, where are the new kids? You know, and at some point you're like, hey, you know, I can't, I can't keep doing that. You know, I mean, because I was in the I was in the trip of every year I released an album for a while. I mean, 12 albums over. Oh, geez, I guess it was 2012. The last major album came out. I think the um, the two play albums, the soundtrack and the and the um, the sing along version came out. I think in two thousand maybe sixteen. You know that's a lot of albums in a short period of time. Um, but it just doesn't make sense anymore, right? It it really doesn't. You know, um, 
and that's unfortunate because making albums is fun. Um, but putting out an EP with some more songs and throwing them into the into the, the mediascape, into the Zoomiverse, you know, it can't hurt and it's fun. I like doing it. And if it opens up some doors, which everything you do does, no matter what you do, you know, one thing really does lead to the next. You know, I'm open for what happens next. You know, I'd like to keep, you know, I mean, the, the songs have gotten you know, better from the very first album. You can really hear the progression. They're getting better still, I think. Um, so I can just keep doing what I'm doing and, you know, get a new guitar. Because <laughs> new guitars are cool. Yeah. Learning more stuff is cool. John and I are actually starting a rock and roll band, right? So we're going to go out and actually play in bars that don't allow smoking. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Oh, it is awesome. So we get to learn the stuff cool. that, you know, really, I mean, we're, and we're to the point where we don't need to learn you know Cheryl Crow stuff not that there's anything wrong with that but we don't need to learn like what the hepsters are doing we're going to learn what we want to do and go out and do it right and we have the venues to do it and the will and the hope and you know we're going to play songs in 7-4 you know <laughs> we're going to do the complicated stuff you know and then that'll bleed into the live band because once we know it we know it you know right so that'll be real interesting to see what happens with like all this cool stuff we love growing up and we're going to play now. And we have shows, you know, whether they're shows for a rock and roll band or they're shows for BRNF, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. We're just going to play, you know? So I guess yeah, the, exactly. to answer your question, the long winding answer distilled to this little thing no is worries, no we're going to keep on playing. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That's awesome. So Working in the music industry, what are some of the biggest challenges you say you faced in that field? The ones I faced um, really are the ones that, I mean, they, they're the ones that threw up the speed bumps. I mean, like, like for example, and I'm not griping. Um, this is just the facts as I saw them. Like, so Sam, you know, Friday Named Sam, that was, you know, that was big. I mean, it got reviewed in People Magazine, right? Uh, Sirius could not play it enough. They sent me real money, um, which enabled me to do more music. But they just they just wouldn't, like, really play the next thing. Um, and that was frustrating. They wouldn't play really any more songs from that album, you know. Um, they played some, but not to the extent. And... To me, that was confusing because people liked us so much, right? So, and then you get into like, okay, well, I'm going to try and do something that's even cooler, you know? And in my mind, I did. Uh, but in their mind, they didn't They didn't need to play it anymore. And not only did they not really need to play it, um, which nobody ever explains to you and you're like, okay, well, I'll get over that. But they, but just the channel, the Sirius XM channel, which was really the... Um, it was really the, um, you know, it was like the mothership for this stuff. I mean, they really were ahead of their time, you know, seeing the kindy thing. Um, and that was cool. Um, and it gave guys like me an outlet. But at some point, everybody got hip to the kindy thing. Like, so Taylor Swift, you know, all of a sudden they started playing Taylor Swift stuff. And where that, yeah. you know, where that, their, their world was really, I mean, 90 to 100% indie guys like me you know guys who weren't funded by record companies um that's what they would play so it was an outlet that stopped and at some point they um i talked to uh, a guy named kenny curtis and he literally explained it to me he's like here's the math i'm like okay well i appreciate you telling me i do wish you'd play my songs but that's how it goes 
you know, so the so uh, I mean, that's just how it goes. Also, the the stuff with Spotify. I don't know if you guys are hip to Spotify. I mean, literally, they will play my song 40,000, 80,000 times. Wow. And I get four dollars and ninety seven cents. I mean, literally, they're playing the songs like a hundred, you know, pick your tens of thousands of numbers. I have the documentation. And then you're like, oh, I get five bucks. Literally, I, I mean, uh, you know, what do you really what are you supposed to do with that? I mean, honestly, because right. you know, okay. I have to pay lawyers. I have to pay my guys if I'm going to make an I mean, just just the math, you know, it just doesn't work. You know, that's why you right. have to want, when I, you know, and I say this with all love in my heart, you have to want to do it. And I do, you know, um, but getting paid is really helpful. <laughs> it's just, yeah. yeah. It let's you do the next Definitely, thing, of course. you know, gasoline, uh, new gear for the band, you know, I mean. Mm -hmm. um, um, so now what, what piece of advice would you give to anyone who wants to get into your field, you know, with, mu with music and singing? Oh, you mean in in any music and singing? Yeah, like right. what piece of advice would you want to give to anyone who wants to get into the field that you're in? Again, you just, you, you really have to want to. I mean, you just, it's almost like you have to. You know, like Picasso, he had to. Van Gogh had to. And I am nowhere on that level at all, you know. But, you know, the Beatles, they had to, right? Um, I had to. So, yeah, that's, I guess, my advice. You have to really want to. Definitely. Nothing, no, almost nothing has to matter other than that. I mean, yeah, try not to burn your family, you know, really take care of your kids, you know, and honestly, you okay. know, be the dad, be the mom, you know, but um, but you really have to have to do this. Um, and then it's the coolest thing, you know, and if you can find friends to do it with you who share your vision and your need to play, then yeah <laughs> have at it i mean the hardest yeah. part about releasing the album you know any of the albums was once it was done i mean it's almost recording it is hard right it was for me it was really hard and then all the decisions and the harmonies and the editing and the this and the that um but then you have this piece now that you think is like the best thing since sliced bread and you have to get people to listen to it you have to get people who review it. You have to get guys like you to talk to you. And, and you know, almost like that's more work than, you know, cause like in the studio, you're in this cozy little place and it's, you know, there's coffee and there's coffee cake and, you know, you get to come back tomorrow and do it again. You know, you get to go home with this little tape that you listen to endlessly, you know, but once it's done, then you have to convince people that you have a vision. You have to convince them to, you know, that you're special in some way. Right. Um, and that, that's kind of a thing and you have to want that too you have to want to do that too i mean when emily songs came out i did my own publicity and one of the best reviews i i ever got was from this woman she was doing like the parents paper in tennessee somewhere down in tennessee and she wrote such a great review and she said it was like the best album she'd heard all year and you know that'll get me making another album right you know so um Oh yeah, that, it's just the deal, you know. If one person claps, you make a new album. It's a little nuts. right, yeah. <laughs> so you got to be a little nuts, yeah, in the best possible way, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So turning the tables, what's the best piece of advice that you have received as a musician and a singer songwriter? Um, the best piece of advice that I had received, it you know is. <laughs> It, it probably sounds hokey, but it's really just an affirmation that I that I could do it. 
I mean, because I mean, literally, um, my mom could play the piano, but she was tone deaf. I think um, my dad surely tone deaf. Um, my grandfather, you know, he, you know, it was almost like you were never quite good enough, you know. Um, so just, just, just having people at some point along the way hearing that, oh yeah, no, it's legitimate. This is okay. You're good enough, or you, or you're not, you're not, <laughs> you're not a fraud, right? <laughs> you right know, yeah. You're not, you're not torturing people. Is really what it comes down. Yeah. <laughs> you're legitimate. You know, getting center stage at festivals. You know, getting the real stage instead of the little kid stage. I mean, playing. We got to play in in Brooklyn, right? Um, we got to play at the at the Children's Museum in Brooklyn. Um, and oh, wow. the only other people we were the only kids band that played there, like kids band, you know, a family band. There were no other family bands that played there. And 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 this this place was serious. I mean, they had a thing down there, and we got to go in there and play twice, you know. Um, so the stuff like that, you know, um, it's just makes you feel good and makes you believe in you're okay doing this stuff you know um so i mean totally. actual advice like you know i just sort of, honestly i just sort of went along my path i mean one of the guys i i um i asked was um geez he, he had a song in um oh he's a real real famous guy oh uh if you want to sing out sing out no that or is that um cat stevens he he's on that level right anyway i i sent him an email because like how did you get your songs in these movies you know he's one of these guys and he said literally they just found him you know um and his song was used over and over again um wow and it's really helpful you know you get money for that and you're enabled to pay your mortgage or buy a farm in you know maryland or virginia wherever he did right so basically it's it's the relentlessness of your attitude and and effort is really what it comes down to period um i mean unless you're lucky or you're like super uber talented but i i was not you know i'm relentless and i'm organized <laughs> it's superpowers <laughs> definitely so since we're close to wrapping up are there any words you'd like to say to uh, the people who have supported your work over the years Oh, honestly, I thank them with every piece of DNA in my being. I mean, they've let me, you know, basically do what I want legitimately, right? I go out, people come, you know, people follow us around. Kids told me that, you know, parents told me that before they went to bed at night, you know, this this kid got to be me, the other kid got to be John, you know, oh. the parent had to be. And, and the song that they chose to sing every night that they had to do before bedtime was a song from, I think it was on Grace's Bell called... Uh, you know, Chet's Fabulous Diner, not a kid's song at all. You know, it was just a song I had written that John and I were on, you know, knew and played and loved and, you know, just threw it on an album. I mean, you can't beat that, that these kids are like, you know, need to be you. <laughs> you know, so I thank everybody. I mean, they, they've let me do what I want to do and they're kind about it, right? So absolutely and I've, I've been a fan of your work for a long time too probably i'd say now around like 11 years maybe that's a long time that's yeah. like that's like about love is a superpower time 2012 
Yeah, because the first songs that I think I heard were a Frog Named Sam and uh, Chicken Soup Ballad. Oh yeah, Chicken Soup Ballad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. So again, is that a, is that a kid's? I mean, that song it just gave me you know heartache because I'm like you know in theory stuff has to die in that song. They're in a pot of boiling water, you know. Yeah. Like, do I, do I really want to do this? I mean, that was like a little come to come to the thought moment right there, you know. And um, ultimately, we did because it's so much fun to play, you know. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you know, you're welcome. Of course, our pleasure. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. Of course. So, if people would like to connect with you or find out info about a frog named Sam and the Salamander, Sally Salamander story, where can people find all that? Oh yeah, you know, uh, I like websites. We have a great website, so it's benrudnick.com. That's just you know, we do have the Facebook thing, but. I'm a you know a little bit older than you guys, and social media gives me a headache after a while. So mm. I just don't, I, yeah, I just yeah. don't put up a whole lot. I mean, to my mind, I got to, I get to post pictures of my dog on hanging with Lucy, right? That's, oh, yeah. I mean, it's just it. So it's it's I'm I'm like one removed. Right? I can, it doesn't have to be about me. I mean, I'd rather be folded into the band than, um, but but people can people email me, I respond. If people contact me on Facebook, I respond. Um, we're, I think we're Ben Rudnick kids. I, I really don't tweet, but before a gig, I'll work for the shows. I post stuff because mm -hmm. that's my job. Um, right. people know I'm supposed nice. to do. but the nice. website is pretty full blown. Um, and there's a lot of stuff on YouTube videos. We have a lot of stuff yeah. <laughs> at some point we'll be playing and John will say, Hey, why don't we play? And I'm like, Oh yeah, macaroni and cheese. I forgot. Yeah, we could do macaroni and cheese. Sure. Okay. <laughs> you know, there was a while there where I just couldn't remember the first line for a while. I'm um, like, like a, a summer. Um, but I, I worked on that. It's all good now. <laughs> yeah. good. And link, link to the website will be in the description below for people mm -hmm. to check and, out. And your, 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 your Facebook and everything else, social media you have. And yes, yeah, people can you know, follow you and hey guys thanks for thanks for finding me i really appreciate it you you yes. all seem great you really do yes, thank, you. Yes. Well, thank you of thank course. you good luck with thank what you, you do i'll be i'll be keeping an eye on you yes yeah uh, yeah um so so we have one last question which i'm about to ask you this is a question that we always ask and every guest so mm -hmm. of course this podcast is called jake's happiness thoughts show when you think of nostalgia what do you think of, or how would you define your own words, or you, how you define the word nostalgia? Well, I'll tell you, um, nostalgia to me is um, uh, my sister's here visiting um, for a week, and uh, nostalgia nice. to me is um, Richmond Hill in the nineteen sixties. <laughs> That's nostalgia, you know. My grandparents, you know, the pizza place next door, hearing Revolution on the radio, you know. Um, the cars here in Laguna Beach, you know, um, because it's California, there's like all these cars that are old. I mean, that to me is, I mean, that's my time, right? So that's nostalgia for me. That's not nostalgia for my daughter. You know, it's just not right. right? So, so that's what I think of cool cars and, you know, music. I, like, I was just actually, <laughs> again, name dropping my buddy, Yor McCalkinen, right? Um, he was in the Jefferson airplane. And when, um, he was in the airplane i was you know a kid and i'd hear their music and it would literally scare me 
like literally scared. I was scared, um, frightened. And I emailed him that. <laughs> I was like, man, because now I can. I mean, I only email all the time, you know, but I, I could reach out to him kind of thing, mentor type stuff. And I was like, and I just came across this um, video of them playing this song, Crown of Creation. And I remember how mm-hmm. scared they used to make me. <laughs> and now I know him, you know. <laughs> so that's nostalgia for me. I mean, and in that particular case, I mean, I get to actually send an email because of technology to the guy yeah. who was scaring the bejesus out of me, you know, and he was <laughs> you know like so uh, so it's like this ongoing living nostalgia kind of thing you know it's like i I try and think of like what i'm doing today is like part of it right because hey live in the moment kind of deal you know it's like you get what you get and make the best of it sort of thing Uh, but that's a good question i I appreciate the question thank you thank you and and awesome awesome words from you Yes, definitely. So, so, well, everyone, this brings another episode of Jake's Happiness Nostalgia Show to a close. We've absolutely enjoyed our time with Ben Rudnick. Yes, yes. Thank you very much again, Ben. It's been a pleasure. Yes. Pleasure, ben, thank you so much, you, you know, for what you've done, being a part of our lives, you know, keep up great work and see what's next for you. And I'm glad, you know, we're friends and, you know, keep in touch. Yeah, man. Yes. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Come out and see the band. Give us a hug. Absolutely. <laughs> all. We will. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. We will. Absolutely. Well, virtual hugs everyone yes absolutely well we'll see you guys with more fun interviews and remember to keep nostalgia alive nostalgia alive take care everyone see you next time bye take care bye thank you for tuning in to another wonderful jake's happy nostalgia show interview be sure to follow jake and the crew on social media and stream the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts and as always remember to keep nostalgia alive bye bye